Hello and welcome to the Gear for Music podcast. I am down here today in London at the podcast show and I am joined by a very special guest. It is Adam Buxton. Hello, Adam. How Hi, are you? Jordan. I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here in your hot box. It's a very, it's a very hot box. So what Shaw have done, Shaw are here at the podcast show and what they've done, they've built themselves a kind of like podcast room and it's a bit warm. You can see everything going on outside in this big window, but it's a nice little dead podcast space where obviously we can do what we're doing. So It's a sweaty phone lined punishment chamber <laughs> yeah naughty podcasters just like us yeah so obviously i know you were here yesterday giving talks and stuff how how did that go how did you that was great we were using a headphone system mm-hmm. by a rival brand oh uh, we won't name those we won't name them <laughs> but it was really good because everyone was wearing wireless headphones mm-hmm. and i was playing tracks for an album that I'm trying to put together. Yes. And it was the first time that anyone had heard them. So they weren't finished. Mm-hmm. The album is far from finished. So was it quite scary to try? It was like... really nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. I felt very exposed. Yeah, but And vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, it always is when you're putting out like your own music out into the world. And it's like, yeah. I really hope people like latch onto this as the way that you might as well. Well, um, I feel, I mean, I, my problem is that I feel like I've got no right to put out any music you know what I mean okay like obviously I do everyone can put out music yeah you can do what you want music that's the beautiful thing about music but at the same time I feel in my um, in my more uh, what's the word self-hating moments yeah that there's so many other musicians who are so much more talented than I am Mm -hmm. and I am a real non-musician you know someone like Brian Eno for example yeah calls himself a non-musician okay yeah but he's not a non-musician no he's a full-on musician he's he's an amazingly accomplished Mm -hmm. musician and his instincts his musical instincts whether Mm -hmm. he can actually read music Mm -hmm. or tell you exactly how to form chord shapes Mm -hmm. on a guitar or not yeah he he just has very musical instincts okay um I don't really Mm. You know, I've got sort of cartoon music instincts. Yeah, because obviously you do quite a lot of your of your jingles and and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, I've I know I've listened to to your jingles and stuff. It's quite a big part of like, I guess, your identity and your podcast in a way. Um, but I th- I think a lot of those those jingles when I listen to them, I'm like, this is like so well thought out. So I guess to me when I listen to them I'm like, yeah, this is clearly a musician that is making these jingles. So that's nice. I'm glad. I mean, I do, I feel like I do have my moments. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I love the process. I yeah. love sitting there with my laptop open. I'm using Logic. And uh, I've started trying to play the guitar again after okay. years and years of not doing that. Yeah. I sent some of the songs I'd done to a musical friend of mine, quite mm-hmm. an accomplished musician. And their yeah. criticism was... Um, they said, why are you doing, why are you trying to play the guitar? That's not really your instrument. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're, you're a good keyboard Keys, yeah. guy and, you know, synthesizers mm-hmm. and loops. Yeah. Don't worry about just using the loops and the presets. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's where you're strongest. Yeah, fair. S- stay, stay with what you're good at. Mm-hmm. But um, I've slightly ignored that advice because I really like just playing it, with the... Yeah, it's good to, it's good to feel. Because I'm, I'm a guitarist myself. Are so, you? Right, like, yeah. I find it quite hard to do the opposite where if I'm sitting at a computer and I'm just kind of making music with synthesizers or keyboards, I find it hard to kind of feel the music in a way. Whereas with a guitar or I've recently started to learn drums, but like, because it's so physical and like you're with the instrument, it's like you feel the vibe a lot more. Yeah. Um, And I guess maybe that's a similar kind of thing. That's why you like 
kind of doing it with the guitar, maybe. It's just very therapeutic to yeah. hold the guitar, to cradle mm-hmm. the guitar. Yeah, totally. And to sort of just make chord shapes and move up and down the fretboard. Mm-hmm. And also I'm aware of what the chords are mm-hmm. in a very rudimentary way. Yeah, know, if you I, play keys, you kind of, you know your way around and... Well, with keys, I don't know. What oh, you're the, just kind no, of winging it? <laughs> massive wingles. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what the chords are or mm. anything like that. I'm just like, that sounds nice. Yeah. And that sounds nice when I press <laughs> that one. And then often what I do is I go back into the MIDI file mm-hmm. and, you know, write in yeah. notes here and there mm-hmm. and move notes around manually yeah. so that they sound good and, and flesh out chords that way, mm-hmm. experimenting like, what if I move it a couple of steps up here? Oh, yeah. yeah, that sounds like a chord. Yeah. But with the guitar, at least I'm like, that's a C. Yeah, you know where you're That's where a you D get. and that's And then a once D. you record it, that's it. You, you, you can't change that. So yeah. You kind of have to make sure that you're really, you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you played the album to the people... Uh, yesterday at that uh, that tape notes podcast that you yeah. did you uh, how do you think it was received they freaked out yeah no I think it went everyone's just applauding standing up they're like Wah! they couldn't believe it it was like <laughs> first playback of um, Nevermind by Nirvana uh, they knew it was a game changer and that mm. music would never be the same yeah, again exactly no it was good I think <laughs> I mean, it was hard to tell because we were all wearing the headphones, so I mm. couldn't really hear their reaction. Yeah, I mean, if you got nodding heads, or you got like yeah, 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 there, there was and... nodding heads, yeah. and no one cried, that, and yeah. uh, no one walked out, so that was good. Mm-hmm. And also, the music is—it's not funny. Like okay. some couple of them are funny, mm-hmm. and there's funny elements to them, mm-hmm. but they're not straightforward comedy songs. Yeah. So that was the thing that was most nerve-wracking for me, is how, mm-hmm. how are people going to respond to songs that are op- occupying a slightly different yeah. tonal space yeah. than so, my jingles do? Yeah, so I mean, if for anyone at home who might, might not be aware, yeah. um, obviously you have your own podcast, which is the Adam Buxton podcast. And on there, you obviously do your own jingle. So I guess yeah. that's why people would assume that it's going to be comedy-based, all these kind of jingles and stuff like that. Um, I think that's why I got the record contract. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, this is going to be great—a whole album full of crazy jingles." Exactly. And... Do more, do more jingles. Yeah, a little bit longer. That's all. <laughs> Job, jobs are good. Um, so, with your podcast, so obviously, seeing as we are here at the podcast show, with your podcast, I mean, how would you kind of describe your podcast? Because I feel like when listening to it myself, a lot of episodes are different. Obviously, you have your really comedy-driven, funny episodes with Adam and Joe, and then you've got more kind of serious episodes, like the one you did recently with Tom Hanks, where you just kind of dive into his his life. How would you really kind of describe your podcast to someone that's never heard of it before? Well, I always think of it as a series of conversations, Mm -hmm. friendly conversations, with people generally that I like or yeah. I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. That's the policy that I try and stick to okay. when getting hold of guests. Yeah. Like it's got to be someone I'm genuinely interested in. Mm. I'm not saying that that always happens. Yeah. Sometimes you get a guest and for whatever reason, I mean, they're, they're sort of interesting in a more broad way and it mm-hmm. would be a bit daft to pass them up. Yeah. So I do have those which are a bit more like traditional interviews where I'm going in and asking more basic questions. But... The dream episode for me sounds like two friends talking or a couple of people getting to know each other. Yeah, definitely. You know, meet someone at a party or maybe Mm. you go around for dinner somewhere and you get sat next to someone interesting. And it's that conversation of like, what do you do? Oh, right. Okay. What's that Mm -hmm. like? And, uh, And then maybe you click and then maybe you start revealing all kinds of things to each other. Yeah, yeah. And so... 
So it's quite a lot of me, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do try not to wang on about myself the entire time, mm-hmm. but it does happen. Mm-hmm. I, quite, I quite like your intros with, uh, with Rosie. Rosie yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're great. I love those little, like, and then every now and again throughout the episode, you like break, break out of the, of, of the interview and you do your little, your little walk with Rosie. I think they're, yeah. they're, they're really nice. I think it, it breaks it up quite nice because then you're not, um, in a way, as a listener, you're not like quite fatigued by it. Yeah. Not like you would be, but like, do you know what I mean? You, at least it breaks it up quite nicely uh, for anyone that's listening at home. Yeah, so they start, the, a typical episode starts with, uh, with the first jingle. Mm-hmm. And then it's, as you say, me and Rosie walking around the fields where I live in Norfolk, mm-hmm. out in the countryside. Rosie is my dog friend, yes. half whippet, half poodle. Yeah. And she walks around with me and I have this little dictaphone, which I have right here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just carry that with me and, and waffle away. And we're out in nature. You can hear the, hear the birds, birds singing. Yeah, that's always nice. Or you can hear the rain coming down yeah. or the wind yeah. blowing. And it's just a nice way of um, getting out of the indoor environment and, yeah. and having a different, uh, a different kind of texture to the whole thing mm, kind before of sets we it. get in. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then in, that, in that intro, I'll be explaining who mm-hmm. I'm talking to, as well as waffling about my domestic life for a couple <laughs> yeah. of minutes I'll talk about yeah. the person that I'm going to be uh, speaking to in the main body of the mm. podcast so with uh, podcasting I mean over the last couple of years it's like really blown up like especially yeah. since the whole the whole pandemic thing everyone is the bubble even bursting now what I, do you think I don't are, are we in the recession years of podcast yeah it's just like post podcast yeah I mean I don't know because obviously if we were there wouldn't be this right there wouldn't be the podcast show. well I can never tell because I sometimes think that you you know you get a, a couple of years lag mm-hmm. and maybe the pandemic was the peak when people were stuck at home yeah. and podcasts really thrived yeah. then. It was a, a great time to be a podcaster. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I wish I would have started my own podcast then. Yeah. It would be great. So with, I mean, with that, like you've been doing it for quite a while. I think you were kind of podcasting before podcasting was really cool. So it's been, you know, a, a good few years for yourself doing it. Yeah, 2006, I think, me and Joe Cornish started. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think. Like, I, I don't think I really heard of a podcast existing. Well, there was Ricky like, Gervais's podcast when yes. he was on XFM, mm-hmm. London radio station. Mm-hmm. He and Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, yeah. who was a producer at XFM, they had their radio station. They had their radio show, which was very popular, mm-hmm. and then they started doing a podcast, which was also very popular. And they started charging. They were the first people that I was aware of mm-hmm. that ever charged to listen to a podcast, a quid. Mm. And um, everyone was like, "What? That's you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to pay to listen to a couple yeah. of guys waffling. Just turn on the radio. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah." But they did, and it was a smash. And then I yep. think that was a signal to a lot of people that, oh, look, this podcasting. Is yeah. This is a thing, and you can charge for it. Charging for it was never something I felt like I wanted to do or needed to do. Mm-hmm. But me and Joe started doing podcast versions of the radio show that we did on XFM, mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon show, which we started doing in 2003, I think, filling in for Ricky Gervais and yeah. Stephen Merchant when they were doing the second series of The Office. But that was the first time me and Joe had ever done radio. And in yeah. those days, it felt like a bit of a step down because mm-hmm. the hierarchy of media, as it was then, maybe still now, yeah. is at the top, movies. Yeah. You've got to be in a movie. Movies, yeah. If you don't do a movie, you're nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and then TV, TV. Yeah. and then radio. radio. Yeah. And that was the kind of snobby hierarchy, mm-hmm. I think, that most people in the media had. Mm-hmm. And we'd been on TV, me and Joe, so it was like, oh, we're going to do radio now, are we? That's a bit of a... <laughs> bit of a come down <laughs> and we weren't very good okay. and we weren't really used to it and yeah i didn't... mean it's a different it's a completely different ball game like yeah but you know if you're on tv you got a script you know what you're saying you know what you're doing um if you're writing the sketches like you guys did then you kind of know what to expect whereas it's like yeah. anything can really happen in the moment on radio because it's always live exactly and joe i think my comedy wife joe cornish <laughs> successful director of films like attack, attack the, the block, block and yeah. tv shows like lockwood and co but he is he's good in the moment mm-hmm. like he's less angsty and self-conscious than I am mm-hmm. but I'm quite in my head a lot yeah okay so I loved doing the TV show because we could craft it and edit it and mm-hmm. we made it all ourselves yeah. the Adam and Joe show it was yeah. called in the 90s on Channel 4 and I didn't have that with the radio I'd just go in and do a three hour show and I'd come out I'd feel wrung out a lot of the time mm-hmm. and I'd just feel like ah I wasn't good on that. <laughs> and also, we'd be getting a lot of texts from listeners on yeah. XFM going, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. <laughs> going, why don't you infantile c**ts shut up and play some more music? <laughs> wow. Yeah, we might have to bleep that one. Might have to bleep I, that. I wasn't expecting that swear word. <laughs> we'll definitely bleep that one out. <laughs> but no, yeah, that, I mean... But yeah. they didn't bleep it for us on yeah, the text. No. So you're just reading that, you're like, well... We've just got sacked. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that one really stuck with me. There's always bits of criticism that that lodge in your head. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. Um, So when when we started doing the podcast Mm -hmm. from the XFM show, and I was allowed to go home with the dats Mm. of the three-hour show and edit on Pro Tools, as it was then, as I was using then... um, that was amazing. That made me feel really good. I was like, great, I can get rid of all those bits where I'm just being totally boring. Yeah, you can just cut it all out, yeah. And uh, keep the bits that work. Yeah. And uh, it was such a liberating, enjoyable process. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the, I think it was the success of that XFM podcast, you know, in a small way, Yeah. that led to us covering for Sean Keaveney on Six Music, BBC Six Music, when he was on holiday in 2007, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up getting a regular show there. And actually, I really loved that part of our career. And in no way was it a step down. Yeah. I feel like it was, in a lot of ways, the kind of peak of what yeah, kind we of enjoyed. Helped you to- yeah, I love doing the TV show. And, yeah. I, and there's lots of things I'm proud of in that. But mm-hmm. I really loved the radio show. So how do you think, I mean, podcasting in those years has, has really changed? Because, you know, now when I think of a podcast, I think of it kind of like we're doing here today. We've mm-hmm. got the audio recording, we're recording the video, it's going to go on YouTube, it's going to go in the regular places a podcast would go. I mean, how do you think that's kind of changed over, over the years that you've been doing it? Well, the thing, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a real old guy, <laughs> which I sort of am, um, but Everyone is filming their stuff now. Yeah. Everyone is focused on ways to scale the show yeah. and reach the widest possible audience. Mm. And YouTube and the facility of streaming platforms and faster broadband speeds means that video is much easier for people to consume now yeah. than it was in, you know, when we were starting to podcast at the dawn of YouTube in the yeah, mid two thousands. It didn't even really exist. No, it take take half an hour to yeah. download a, yeah. a, a kind of ten minute video in 300p or whatever (laughs) it was (laughs) yeah because i know like a lot of people i mean there might be a few people who've said it here today at like some of the talks but like um they always say that podcast is almost kind of like a triple threat 
because you can do the Spotify and put it, put it as just audio only, you can do the video. And because you filmed it, then you can take cuts and you can put that into, into socials, into TikTok, Instagram, and all that kind of thing, like you said, to try and get that, that wider space. Um, I mean, is that something that you've tried to... Do you try to incorporate that or are you just focused on kind of... You do what you do because you know that it works. You're not really going to like try and try and change what you're doing i think so yeah Mm -hmm. because to me it's like well how is your time best spent Mm. and what's the goal for me the goal is to make the actual audio episodes as good as possible Mm -hmm. and to spend all my available time on doing that yeah on prepping to talk to certain guests some guests you don't need to prep so much you just turn up and waffle away yeah but other guests you feel like, especially writers and stuff, like mm-hmm. you've got to read the books and mm-hmm. you've got to do this. It you takes really a while. Know, yeah. yeah. So I want to put all my available time into that. If you start videoing stuff, that's just a whole other layer yeah. of, of time that needs to be spent mm-hmm. lighting it, yeah. making it look decent, you know, because mm-hmm. people make such a good job of videoing mm-hmm. these shows. Yeah. They've they got nice studio spaces. Mm-hmm. they got those groovy big bulbs with orange the filaments LEDs, in them yeah. hanging everywhere <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> yeah i mean all that stuff they got people people have got cameras on tracks yeah for, they got like whole crews yeah. and everything it's nuts and i just think well that's tv mm. and the thing like i'm not saying you can't do that obviously yeah. you do what you want but um the thing i love about podcasting is the freedom it gives you to create a very intimate aural experience mm-hmm. a headphone experience mm-hmm. And I think that that connection you get with someone talking to you just on headphones in a way that you can consume wherever you are, Mm -hmm. walking, you know, on a bus, on a plane, wherever you happen to be. I think that's a really special and unique connection that only the audio podcast medium offers over any other, really. Even even radio and, uh, you know, I love radio, but generally... On broadcast radio, you're keeping everything tight. Mm-hmm. Everyone's terrified of dead air. Yeah. So you're trying to fill up as much space. Yeah, and yeah. and you're just squeezing everything down. Yeah. There's no real long form conversations, mm-hmm. and the the long form audio conversation that you get on a podcast, I think, is is that's the thing that I'm trying to get as good as possible. Okay. I'm yeah. not interested in visuals. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I mean, with being at the podcast show, obviously, there's a lot of kind of up and coming podcasters here. Would you have any kind of um, tips or anyone for someone who is looking to start their own podcast or has their own podcast, is trying to grow it? What is something that you could give them as a tip? Yeah, you see, I'm not good at, at <laughs> growing tips because, okay. because I'm, I'm, I'm in a privileged position, yeah, right? Totally, like yeah. I've, got, I've got a uh, sort of group of listeners mm-hmm. who have stuck with me for quite a long time yeah. and there's a core there mm-hmm. that are fairly loyal and that's all I need. Mm. I don't need to re- reach a much bigger audience. And I'm not really interested in being mm-hmm. like number one podcast no, yeah. or anything like that. You're just kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. I just want to protect that, that, that group and mm-hmm. service them as well yeah. as I can. But I think maybe that is, that is the tip, Maybe right? that's the tip. That's yeah, the tip. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. I think you have to figure out what, what is unique about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What is really strong about... Mm whatever you're doing in, yeah. in podcast terms. And like, just be passionate about what you want to talk about, yeah. what your podcast is. And, yeah, and, then and I protect guess. that thing. Yeah. And, and, and do that thing as well as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And just think, like, I, I, sometimes I think, 
what would I think of this podcast if I wasn't me, if yeah. I was listening in, mm. if I didn't know me? Yeah. Maybe if I thought I was a bit of a dick, <laughs> if I thought like Adam Buxton, eh, yeah, it's not really my thing. Yeah. What would I think if I was listening to it? Mm-hmm. So I try and I'm not I'm not making it for that person. No. But I'm trying to think, I'm trying to get a different perspective on it. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes that does shake you out of mm-hmm. a certain amount of complacency and remind you to pull back on certain indulgent bits or tighten things up. I think that's my big tip always is mm-hmm. I think you should edit things. Or at least if you're able to, and if you have the time, editing things Mm. will generally improve them massively. Mm -hmm. And if you get rid of little bits, like if you're listening back to something you've recorded and you're slightly zoning out for a couple of minutes, then that's what's going to happen to the listener as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't like it, you recorded it, or you're not grabbed by it, Mm -hmm. then the listener definitely won't be. Yeah. So just get rid of those bits and tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, If you were to start a pod, if you were to start this all over again. Yes. And Adam Buxton's podcast never existed and you're just like, right, I'm going to start a podcast now in 2023. What would you, what would you do? How would you go, would you go about anything differently? Or what would your podcast show be now? It would be a K-pop reality <laughs> podcast. I love that. I'd go out and I'd join a band. That It would be about, yeah. uh, I'd have um, reconstructive surgery to make okay. me look younger and more attractive. I mean, you're fine where you are. Just keep it. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the stick, you know? Yeah, okay, like, yeah. It's like this, this, this man here is part of a K-pop group. 54-year-old British white man goes and uh, <laughs> tries to infiltrate the world of K-pop. That's, that's a show right there. Yeah, That's there definitely go. something. That's what I'd do. No, I don't think, I mean, I, I generally tend to make things up as I go along mm-hmm. and it's a question of, you know, there's a lot of my life and my experiences in whatever I do. Yeah. I'm sort of sharing, yeah, it's like I keep on thinking of it in terms of um, being at the pub with your friend. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what people tend to say to me as well. It's mm-hmm. like, and at the end of the podcast, during the pandemic, I started I started sort of hugging the listener. Yeah. I'd take the... the Dictaphone, this dictaphone, and mm-hmm. I just go like just this. Just hold it, yeah, and say, "Hey, come on, you're <laughs> all you, right." Yeah, really we'll, make the listener feel like we'll they're, be okay. They're part of it, yeah, yeah. Which is a sort of cheesy thing to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, when I listened back to it, I thought, "Oh, yeah, that does sound like a hug." Yeah. So I kept it in, and um, I think it's a nice way to end the shows. Yeah, that's that, that's fair enough. I mean. I thank you so much for joining us today. It really means a lot for you to be able to sit down and talk with us. Thanks, man. Um, one last thing before yeah. we go. On the count of three, oh, so God. I'm going to count down three, two, one, and we're both going to say our favorite cereal at the same time. Can we do that? Oh, uh, I haven't eaten cereal for a while. Or your favorite? I'm, I'm you choose. To, I'm favorite trying to whatever. remember the... I'm trying to remember, because I used to love cereal. <laughs> um... I'm trying to remember the name of uh, of the cereal. Like, okay, okay. Um, uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah, ready. Three, two, one. Cinnamon cornflakes. Ah, nice. That's a good. That's a good choice. Cinnamon Graham's. Cinnamon Graham's. They are the best. I love cinnamon. Some might say goated. Goated, goated, greatest of all time. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally down with all the lingos. All, all the lingos, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully if you are watching this, you learned something a little bit more about podcasting. So make sure you like, comment, and subscribe down below. And obviously go check out Adam's podcast. Oh, missed that there. Go check out Adam's podcast if you haven't yet. So yeah, thank you so much, Adam. And uh, see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.